This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's our number two of the G-Bag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. Hope you're doing well out there, staying warm and safe, and making your way across the Metroplex if needed. If not, maybe just uh, you know hang tight for another afternoon slash evening. We got you covered for the next four hours. General at your service. At ease. There's Brian Broaddus, former Cowboy Scout NFL executive. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, Lucius Alexander, along with you. We are the G-Bag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. Um... Yeah, we got our fan cams up. You can watch us, uh, Twitch, YouTube, and and on our our website as well. Got a little bit of a bird turds report here for you, Brian. One of your former employers. Luckily, they didn't rub off on you too much. They tried. Yeah. They tried to. Well, luckily, they fired you. Yeah, I wish we could have stayed and tried to see how that one was going to roll. Because the thing was with Andy, we were bringing in Andy. I mean, they hired Andy. That Andy was your was, guy. Andy was there for 14 you years. You might still be working at Philly. I Absolutely. You might be their freaking GM right now, bro. And you guys might be MFing me on the radio that's right, right now if I still worked there. That's or, true. That would have been, you know, been cool. I, I tell I would, you I what. I would have like been listening and like called in and like, oh, man, hey, you guys, why do you not like me? I'm, you Can know. you believe this broadest guy? Yeah. Unreal. Fun. I, you know what? And I'll take that right now because this Howie Roseman is everything we want the Cowboys to be. This Howie Roseman yeah, is out Howie's here killing it. better than me right now. He, you know, it'd be hard to imagine you could do better. You know, to be honest, you did a great job at your time in Philadelphia and set yeah. them up for a tremendous amount of success. But what Howie's done since Chip Kelly left, he is he's body slamming the Cowboys. He's body body slamming almost everybody in oh, the NFC. They they Chip put him in the closet. They're lucky Howie just yeah. kind of they you know they, he took a lot of power away from. From Howie, yeah, and Howie just sat back and watched him. I'm waiting sure, for his opportunity. Yeah, I'm sure Howie was like making it rough along the way. Yeah, probably going into Jeff Lurie. Like, do we really want to do this? Do we yep. really want to do this? Kind of a mm-hmm. thing, you know. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. He he was he was being that, that was voice waiting. in, in Lurie's ear. Yep. And and when Chip Car- Kelly faltered. He jumped back in there and has been dominating, and that's why they are in the Super Bowl for a second year in a row. So I do want to acknowledge that. You know, the first time around, I was hoping it was kind of lucky, but since then, they've just done such a great job of team building, and that's kind of, um, you know, something to keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks. I'm sure we'll talk about it, but we go to Craig Carton, right, at Craig Carton Live, and he is a, a talk show host out of New York and tweets this. While Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie believes Jalen Hurts can be the team's quarterback of the future, GM Howie Roseman is reportedly less confident in the 23-year-old as the team's starting quarterback next season, according to Jeff McClain of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Mm. This is another thing we want the Cowboys to do. 
Okay, you have a good quarterback, but the salary cap has made the league in a way that if you pay a pretty good quarterback like he's great, you ain't going to win the Super Bowl. Mm. They realized that with Carson Wentz. Even though he was coming off a borderline Pro Bowl season, they said, we want to draft Jalen Hurts that gives us another chance of having really good quarterback play or sufficient quarterback play on a rookie deal. Sufficient quarterback play on a rookie deal can be equivalent to Hall of Fame quarterback. And he's not he's not going back to, I'm going to pay a pretty good quarterback like he's a Hall of Famer. This is Howie Roseman, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if it's true. You know, Craig Carton has a checkered past. I believe he defrauded individuals out of a couple, two, three million dollars in some sort of a Ponzi scheme. And he went to prison for a couple of years. So I'm not saying that Craig Carton is absolutely trustable, but he might be the best talk show host I've ever heard. And I know when he got out of prison, people were lined up to put him back on the job because he has relationships and um, a good mind for sports. And if he's reporting that, I can't rule it out. Um, I, I I hope it's not true. I hope they lock into Jalen Hurts and pay him a bunch of money, and we'll see if he can continue to be that player. But I think what they're going to do is the smart thing, which is to treat quarterback like every position in football. Can we get close to as good for a lot less money? Can we create some competition, see which rises to the top? And if our incumbent is still good enough, he will still be our guy. But we're not going to bequeath it to him because we're scared of some quarterback controversy, which is an idea that has rocked NFL front offices for like 30 years now. The Eagles are blocking all that BS out and going about handling business. It's no coincidence they're back in the Super Bowl, Chief. I'm with you 100%. I I think maybe that's what the reporter was going for on Channel 11, the bequeath. Yes. Uh, Dawson just said it, bequeathed. Maybe that's where he had just said it or he had thought about it, and then he fumble farted his way. Uh, into, a, into a nightmare. This is pretty special that the Eagles are doing this. They're seeing how it works for them, and they also see that like Jalen Hurts, for as good of a season as he's had, when you look at even in the game the other day where he didn't throw the ball well, did not throw the ball at all, like under five yards per drop back, 37% success rate versus the Niners. That's extremely low, inaccurate on 16% of his throw, third uh, throws, third worst mark of the season. Uh, and and it, it shows even more uh, a couple of different things about how he didn't throw the ball well. He ran the ball well, and so you can see, okay, especially if you have a running quarterback, this is going to be something where I do want to turn and burn more. It, it's just like we talk about with running backs and stuff. You're going to age at a different rate as a quarterback who runs all the time. Uh, and so, but it is something for, man, if you can get a season out of it that's dominant like Hurts and you have all that talent around him, just that one trait because he ran the ball well versus the Niners – but yeah. he didn't throw the ball well. But they have enough talent, and I know the Niners' quarterback situation got weird. They still won in spite of the fact that he didn't even throw the ball that well. And so it's like, okay, can we duplicate this? Can we get another guy that runs the ball extremely well and at times can throw the ball decent when set up nicely? Yeah. Uh, but can we still win in spite of the fact that we have a quarterback that doesn't even throw the ball well? And I think that's the big thing is do you have a quarterback running the ball I think matters a ton because that's just one thing that is like, okay, if he's not throwing, we can at least run with him. Yeah. And if you have enough talent around him, you can at least build on that. And then it's like, okay, can you develop into a passer like Hertz has, which is not great, but it's good enough when you have the team he's got. Yeah, you know, and, and, and you can run the ball like that. You're going to get the defenses out of clog and cover. 
and now a quarterback that you might not think is a pro bowler is playing like an MVP because he's getting man coverage. It's all about getting them out of clog and cover. And if I do that four seconds after I snapped it when your secondary and your linebackers have been retreating, guess what? Now there's 15 yards that I can take. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the running quarterback is the great equalizer. Obviously, you need young ones to do that. For sure, yeah. And that's yeah. where you get them on the rookie contract. Yeah. And you're seeing more and more these guys are runners and Justin Fields can come in and make a huge impact on the league without being much of a throw at all at least at this point so and what's easier for some teams if you really kind of fall into the great quarterback but there's very few of them out there usually there's two at one time in the sport so what's easier to find that guy the Mahomes because the Chiefs did it the other way the Chiefs got the Mahomes how often do you get that is it easier to just build a great roster and have a decent quarterback or to find the GOAT. I think you'd love to just find the GOAT and talk about the great neutralizer. Hey, Pat Mahomes, all your receivers are hurt. We've had to skimp. We're leaning on a ton of rookies defensively, but you're so great. Okay, awesome. That would be amazing to have that. And the once in a blue moon, you're the team that's got the first pick, or you're fortunate like the Chiefs to land the Mahomes one in a billion. Okay, but otherwise, it's probably easier to find a decent quarterback and build a kick-ass roster. I kind of feel like, though, the Eagles' draft plan all along was trying to always prepare to have a quarterback. When you look at how they trade during the draft to always try and get someone's next year's one, they're willing to move on. They got New Orleans next year's one. We all thought that was going to be a top-five pick. Yeah. Now they've got, you know, they've got New Orleans pick, which will be 10. They could very well have their own, which will be 31 or 32. Buys them options. It buys them options. I think, Howie, I I think now maybe it's not about this draft class, but I wouldn't be surprised if he moved that 10th pick for next year's one. And that way he gives himself, again, another opportunity when we get to evaluate the 2024 draft and we Mm -hmm. start talking about Caleb Williams, USC, and all these quarterbacks that are coming out. May from North Carolina. You know, we'll we'll start, and then now it puts him in position. If his quarterback's faltering, or if I don't want to pay the guy, yeah. when the negotiations negotiations are going bad, then I could just I could fall back on that having that draft pick of those quarterbacks taking at least two ones and trying to dance that thing forward to go get a guy. I mean, franchise quarterbacks, they make TV ratings. They they give your organization stability. Unfortunately, that's at odds with winning the championship right now. And I think what happens for a lot of quarterbacks like your Phil Rivers and Matt Ryans and Dak Prescotts, who are damn good players, like some of the greatest athletes in all of sports, but right now they don't fit into a championship context. What would happen if the league would copycat what the Eagles are doing? It would change the supply and demand dynamics so now for a quarterback that's not a hall of famer you're not paying market value at the top you're paying 60 percent of that now we have an extra 18 million dollars and it's it's because of the absolute lack of supply that the average starting quarterback gets to get paid like a superstar right so how else can you engineer that level of offense and i don't think it's boring either like the eagles the 49ers they put on a great show with a you know I, I don't know how good of a passer it is. You decide for yourself when it comes to Purdy and Hurts, but I don't think the quality of the product suffered for Eagles or 49ers fans this year because they did not have that, quote, franchise quarterback. No, but Hurts definitely, it, it is interesting because they, you know, they lose the two games without Hurts. Hurts definitely does impact them. I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to say, like, hey, you can throw anybody on that team because of the roster they have. There's no doubt that they have an incredible roster. But Jalen Hurts definitely tilts that. Yeah. Like you, they couldn't. They, they put up what three points, whatever it was, against the Saints without him. 
So, I mean, clearly he he does tilt the scale in their favor, but it is interesting. Do you want to lock yourself up long-term to a quarterback whose best attribute is his legs, and there's definitely injury risk that comes with that, and I think it is smart to always have a contingency plan, especially at the quarterback position, and wonder, do you want to lock yourself up to that? I, I think adding yourself to be flexible at that position in today's NFL when you have a good roster is definitely a benefit. Do we not want the running quarterback? Is that what you're saying? No, I I, I think you do you don't want, want to the, pay. You do want the running quarterback, but I think it's smart to, to think about, do you want to lock yourself up long-term and pay a premium price for a guy whose career might not, you might not have the longevity there. Like, I think you have to ask that about Lamar Jackson right now if you're a team yeah. that wants to lock up Lamar Jackson. I think you have to be ready that these quarterbacks you can have if you draft them, say, in the first round or whatever, or second round, whenever you get them, I think you have to use them like like you're thinking about running backs now, especially the running ones, you know, like the running quarterbacks. If you want to move on, like, you know, if you want to move on from Justin Fields, you know, in, in a few years, but there's always going to be that type of quarterback in college football. With the way that offenses that's are the being market played. inefficiency. Yeah, yeah. They, they, there's so tons of supply and they're ignoring it. Yeah, we're yeah. always going to have a running throwing quarterback because of what the college football. So yeah, we don't. I mean, there's an occasional. We don't have to pay a guy that's no. a runner thrower in our league. No, it, yeah, it's exactly like a running back, Brian. We need to run it, but we don't need a superstar making 10% of the cap in order yeah. to run it. You know, it's yeah. it's more about a, a system and, and needing to get the job done as a team than believing one guy is is the answer to it. Okay, the other uh, bird turd report item for you is Nick Sirianni, a coach of the Eagles, is uh, under fire from a division rival. I like this guy's style here. Julian Love, giant safety. Um, he says, well, he's a guy who really is doing a good job because he's not getting in the way of his team. This was on the NFL Network today. And it's shots fired. He is an experienced roster from top to bottom, offense, defense. It's kind of like he's talking about Sirianni like Barry Switzer. Like, hey, yeah. yeah, you got you got to slide in here when everything was perfect. He was asked about the theatrics on the sideline and, um, you know, the demeanor and that's been going viral on social media that makes Sirianni maybe the most hated coach in the NFL. I don't like it at all, Love responded. He's here for a free ride right now. You guys could coach this team. Do you agree? Is 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 you know is Sirianni a good coach? Is this Eagles team like unmess upable? Man, I always mess up their coordinators' names. It's Steichen. Yeah, Steichen, and then who's the other Shane one? Steichen. And then Gannon or something like that. Yeah, yeah, the two. Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan I Gannon. I think those young guys have done a really really nice job. I think they're a really well built team, though. I do feel like that, but you know, they're they're you know sometimes you could go in there and screw up a situation like that too. When you have a bunch of, you know, I think the thing that that Sirianni has done is he's identified with the players. You know, he's he's figured out, and this is this what I told Sean Payton before he took the Saints job. I'm like, listen, bro, you got to go to every festival, you got to drink every beer, you got to slap everybody on the back and tell them how great it is to be here. You know, because if these people love you, they will. You will always you will always have opportunity here. Because the minute they turn on you, then you're going to have problems. And Sean did. He embraced all that down in, in, in New Orleans. But I think that Sirianni's doing the same thing with the Philadelphia crowd. Oh, that's why he's douching it up. Yeah, he wants like, to be one of them. He wants, you know, he's wearing, yeah. the, he's wearing the Flyers hoodie or he's wearing the Phillies. Uh, he's showing up at games. He's, you know, he's being that guy. So he's, he's, he's taking himself as, as being one of them. 
And so, yeah, it looks it, – it's kind of like if you're a Philly, if you're a fan of Philadelphia sports, you're like, yeah, he's one of us, you know. But in re- actuality, though, you could see where other teams or like other players around the league are going, no, he's just got a damn good team, you know. It, but there's it, something about embracing it, you know, and I think that's what he's really done. And I think that's why people are willing to defend him, especially in Philadelphia, yeah. because he's embraced – their 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 culture of that their energy yeah, yeah and, and maybe that's why everybody else hates them so much they do right. they do yeah. everybody around the league because again who what other coach jumps up on a bench and starts yelling at a crowd like that that's something a Philly fan would do yeah for yeah. sure yeah. Cowboys play calling content here Chief what exactly do we have in mind oh uh, we got a lot to get into but what we might can expect from a Mike McCarthy offense that's next call from mom answer it call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, welcome back. It is the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. Hope you're having a great day. And it is time now to talk some Cowboys play calling to be specific. Here is your host, Eric Giafalo. Okay, so it seems like it's it's McCarthy, right? He's he's gonna be calling these plays. Yep. 100%. McCarthy's he's calling these plays. The Jones said yesterday. Okay. So he bring he's gonna bring in an OC of sorts. Do we have any feel for where that's going, by the way? Because yeah, I, I keep going back especially after the the offensive line hire that they made. It seems like the Schottenheimer situation is the most likely still. Uh, uh, that would be my guess here. Well, we, Brian, we we were talking earlier in the week that Schottenheimer, we were getting some doubts on that potentially. Uh, and then they talked with the Panthers, a coordinator from the Panthers, and they're talking with somebody else, I believe. I just need to pull up his name. Thomas so we, Brown of the Rams, I believe. Rams, Thomas Brown yeah. of the Rams. And that one's fun. That dude's gotten some head coaching interviews, I believe. Sure. Um, if 38 not years old guy. Yeah. yeah. You say dude. Rams, I perk up. I know, me too, man. Me too. I like the idea of that. Okay, well, that's good. Maybe well, maybe it's not going to be the Schottenheimer thing. I thought with that O-line coach yesterday, and they were together, Schottenheimer and Solari were the play caller and there, O-line there is a coach connection. in Seattle. We know about the ties to Schottenheimer I don't think and McCarthy. it's dead. I don't think okay. it's dead with Schottenheimer. And I, I think what's going to have to happen is you got Solari who can coach the offensive line like, like Mike wants it. You're probably going to get – uh, Scott Tolzien, maybe as the quarterback coach here. Okay. So Tolzien, he was like a, an assistant uh, to Kellen Moore and, and and to Doug Nussmeyer and those guys. He was kind of a quality control guy, an assistant that was helping out. Used to quarterback Wisconsin, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then he was a Packers draft pick. With exactly. McCarthy. Exactly. So I think you're going to see that. I still think there's a shot that maybe there there, there maybe you can get one of these coordinators in title, and I'm talking about Nixon from the Carolina. Yeah, Jeff Nixon. Jeff Nixon would be, because I I just kind of feel like that they might do something that they did 20 years ago, and that was have Mo Cawthon, Maurice Cawthon, be, for Parcells, he was the OC running back coach, but he didn't call plays. Sean called plays. Well, Bill really called plays with Sean. So there, you might have a situation to get one of these guys out of Carolina or get him out of the Rams. You give them the OC title, yeah, and then that kind of promotes them in a way. Oh wait, they're offensive coordinator, but they're really not offensive coordinator. Yeah. But you got that out. a lot now. So now I think that I think getting rid of Skip Pete tells you a lot what 
is going on with maybe with uh, with Ezekiel Elliott here. I think that's something. Those those were extremely close, and now that you moved on from Skip, mm, makes maybe, it a little bit easier. It was quite yeah. the nugget that Chill gave us yesterday yeah. to end that interview. Yeah, absolutely. So. I mean, you can go ahead and repeat it, what he was saying. I mean, if you want yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, he he basically said, look, when, when Skip Pete, they decided to move on from him, Zeke is his boy. Yeah. And the second they decided to do that, to paraphrase, he felt like that was, if you read the room, they're probably looking to move on from Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Not that they, you know, don't love Zeke, and maybe yeah. if the money works and things will change, as they talked about yesterday, but it's probably, you move on from Skip Pete, you're probably moving on from Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, well, uh, looking at some of the things that Kellen Moore was doing, look at some looking at some things that Mike McCarthy did in his past when he was a play caller. There are some some takeaways here of what you might be able to expect, and and one of the things I think we're all hoping for is the the play action passing game and the the usage of motion, especially motion at the snap. And it's funny, 2019 when Kellen Moore took over. It was the year that the the Cowboys ranked the highest uh, in terms of their use of play action and motion and motion at the snap, and that was their best year. When you look at their like their offensive DVOA for 2019, that was the highest it ever was under Kellen Moore, and that was the year they were top ten in play action rank. They were twelfth in motion, and they were sixteenth. Uh, at motion at the snap. I think you'll see a ton. When you watch the Super Bowl, see a ton of motion with the Chiefs and the Eagles and motion at the snap. You saw a ton of it with the Niners. Mm -hmm. Like These teams that are getting to the end here offensively, they bring this to the table. And Kellen Moore never got better than 16th, middle of the pack of the sport, in terms of motion at the snap. Yeah, And and that was his first year. And then this past year, uh, it was 16th, so it was always middle Ooh. of the pack. And that's one of the frustrations. And we talk about Kellen Moore and the inconsistency, and the the big-picture numbers always looked very gaudy. But week to week, it was like, okay, what what is the – do they have much of an identity? Does this no. play caller have something that he, that he leans on a little bit? And when you run through, it's for the most part they're middle of the pack in everything in terms of how often they use play action, how often they're using motion, how often they're doing all these different things, and it's always just goes back to middle of the pack. He didn't have any one thing that he leaned on, so it felt very week to week, and there were great highs and great lows. But he never really established anything. Hey, my quarterback's really good at play action. Maybe I should be top five or ten in play action rate all the time because my quarterback's really good at that. And the one year you did do that, you had the best offense that you ever had when you were the play caller. Is there numbers that support anything that Mike McCarthy's done as a play caller, like these numbers you're talking about? Like you mentioned, Kellen Moore didn't want to do this or didn't want to do that. Is there something that you, when you go back instead, I mean, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. No, 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 you're good. Uh, I, I think you saw Aaron Rodgers was known for not liking the motion stuff. He was one of the still a little bit more old school. He liked, he like now you see these, the motion puts the defense on their heels. Uh, but I guess Aaron Rodgers just liked a stagnant offense, stagnant, so he could just see everything that was going on. That's the way that he so liked do you, it. Do you fear that's what you're going to see? No, I mean, you're, I, I mean, you're just supporting the fact that Kellen Moore hasn't been very good at it, but then you just told me, and and I, I'm not trying to slam you or anything with your, your talk here, but if you're telling me that, 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 that Rodgers didn't like it, well, does that – you know, does that mean that, okay, that's how McCarthy's going to call I think it's game? more so on Aaron well, Rodgers. LaFleur got him to do it. That's the crazy thing about Green Bay. McCarthy wanted him to do it. Rodgers wouldn't do it. And then when new coach arrived, he's like, hey, coach, what do you want to do? All right, sounds good. And he blew up. 
into MVP yeah. Rodgers again. You know, so I, I think the takeaway is if your quarterback is barking back at less motion, you got to explain it to him. I don't care what you're comfortable with. Here's the numbers, and we're going to try this for a long time before we decide to go away from it because we have to get the defense out of position. Yeah. And if you got to get used to this new set of buzzing things around you in order to get the defense out of position, then that's the bridge we're going to cross. And I think that's exactly why the Cowboys keep saying Dak Prescott needs a new voice in his ear. Right. In the last, well, even last year, we were hearing that Aaron Rodgers doesn't like to be under center. He prefers the shotgun. Well, they had to make that adjustment halfway through the season with Matt LaFleur saying, Buddy, we got to do some more play action under center. And you saw how their offense was able to really take off the second half of the season. So Aaron yeah. Rodgers doesn't always know what's best for him in the offense. And, and and it's it's a fair question, Broadus, to compare to McCarthy. And that's one of the things that I struggle with uh, when evaluating McCarthy is like he was super high in early down passing rate. And that's one of the things that I would love to see. Like Kellen Moore is turning around and hand okay. the ball off all the time. McCarthy with the Packers was a guy that really liked to throw the ball early and often and they found great success doing that. Now, right. he had one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen, but that's also something that I struggle with. How much of it was Aaron Rodgers deciding on first down that they're passing the ball and second down passing the ball? So I'm presenting you some things here. I don't fully know what I can guarantee to expect from McCarthy because I don't know how much was dictated by him or Rodgers when it comes to at the line of scrimmage. McCarthy might have wanted, wanted the, the run play on first down, and Rodgers just said to hell with that. So that's why I don't really know. I'm giving you, you what mean, we've seen. Okay. But what, what we've seen from Mike McCarthy that I know for sure of when he was the play caller with the Packers, and it's something that I would invite here, is being an offense that throws the ball on early downs more often than not. Is and there, so, but again, I don't know if that was Rodgers or McCarthy. Yeah. Is there, okay, is there a sample size of how the games were called with Schottenheimer? Because whoever's the OC, I think, is going to be a guy that's going to influence how. Mike McCarthy calls these games. Yeah, well, m- m- you, Brian Schottenheimer was a guy that that loved doing play action, but also loved running the ball. Like they were always high up in okay. play action rates okay. and in running the ball early downs, whatever. But it is funny because the Seahawks ran the ball on about fifty two percent of their first down plays when Schottenheimer was the play caller, and that's less than what Kellen Moore was actually running the ball. Kellen Moore is running the ball fifty seven percent of the time on first down. Mm which was even higher than what Schottenheimer was doing. And Schottenheimer's known for being a guy that loves to turn around and hand the ball off. Do you think that maybe that he was in a situation that he felt like he could still run the ball even with Terrence still being out because he had a Hall of Fame right tackle? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he. I'm sure he felt that I mean, way. It wasn't how like, quickly? It, it how wasn't quickly like, did you see that that wasn't the case? No, no. But I'm just saying, though. I mean, that's confidence in a player. If if Matt Willets goes over there or balls over there, and you're still running it on first down. You're an idiot. But he's probably thinking like, you know what? I got a Hall of Fame right tackle now. Right. You know? Well, in the first well, game we saw him in Jacksonville, he looked pretty damn good. And then how quickly did that change, though? It changed pretty quickly, Broadus, where you came in here and said, I was wrong about Tyron being better than Terrence Steele. I would like no, my no. offensive coordinator I, I, I to just, see that I as wonder, well. I wonder, if, you know, like I'm saying, the coordinators probably had a lot of faith that he could continue first down runs when he feels like he's got a better right tackle than the one, maybe the one he, you know, the one that was a starter. Yeah, and that's fair to do for maybe a game. And then you realize over the course of five games with Tyron Smith, we don't have as good a tackle as we thought we were going to have. So you have to be able to adjust there, I would think. But with or without Tyron Smith, with a healthy Terrence Steele, whether, I mean, look at any year you want. 
Kellen Moore is turning turning around and handing the ball off at a, at a pretty a, a substantial rate on early downs. And just for me personally, I'd love to see an offense that didn't do that. And one thing that's giving me some level of hope is Mike McCarthy, when he was the play caller with the pass, uh, the Packers, they did pass the ball early and often. But again, I, I don't know how much of that was Aaron Rodgers dictating things at the line of scrimmage and and that's just something I don't know, and I, I don't know how pretty, we can actually find that out. I think it's out. a good sample size on Mike because some of it dates back to even before Rodgers was there, and it was that other quarterback, number four, as well. So I think a lot, a large, a large study of what we have here is based on it is McCarthy and not, and, and, you, and you can probably say, all right, this is him, and not so much of the Rodgers changing stuff pre-snap. Do you think we're going to get more concepts, more variants with the routes with no, McCarthy? No, you I don't really, expect that. I really don't. No. Okay. Well, that's certainly disappointing. I think you. I think that's something we would all like to see more of. Uh, and I think with with Schottenheimer, you the, saw a little bit the, more of that. That's not the West Coast stuff, though. Yeah, Calvin Watkins had a piece yesterday afternoon in the morning news after talking with the Joneses at the Senior Bowl and said slants and throws to running backs. Yeah, that's the, the that's the main thing. Yeah, John Owning was even talking about. We were laughing about it this morning. I was talking about the slant some, flat is obviously flat, a staple yeah, call, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. But not much of the hitch stuff. We're not going to get a bunch of guys just turning Spot, around. Yeah, you're gonna. Yeah, you're gonna get some of that. You're gonna stuff. get plenty of that. Well, yeah. that's certainly a bummer. Uh, blogging the boys mentioned like one way that uh, the next offensive coordinator could help things out is by using uh, the tight ends in more various ways. When you look at how That's much... That's a Green Bay way of playing. I would yeah. love that. You got the tight ends to do it now. Yeah, because, I mean, you had three... Say what you want about Schultz, but you have three solid guys. You saw midway point of the season, okay, we got three tight ends that we can get some use out of here, and they were pretty much exclusively using the Fergushot combo as blockers. And so it's like, okay, okay, like 75% of Ferguson's play here this year was as a blocker. Could you have gotten a little bit more creative in the way you used him, especially when you saw some of his yak ability throughout the season, Absolutely. whether he's Euro stepping into the end zone or I believe it was the Tampa game where he skirts out and boom, 34 there's yards, a 34-yard yeah. 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 play. Yeah. For him. So you'd like to have a coordinator that we talk about getting your stars involved, but also don't maybe pigeonhole some of these dudes that you find, okay, we got something here with Ferguson. We don't have to 75% of the time he's on the field just – make him be a blocker or a hinder shot. Like, let's use these guys in a variety of different ways and create some more mismatches here because you got that with with these tight ends. You struck gold a little bit. So, I mean, there's there's a there's another way that you could help things as the next offensive coordinator, and it sounds like maybe that's one way Mike McCarthy might advance things. So I certainly good. hope so. You know, I think giving Dak uh, options to get the ball out quicker you know, it would be a huge one as far as, hey, this guy is going to be open. Like, finding guys open the longer the play goes, I, I think that's that's kind of kryptonite. Um, and certainly there have been some big plays, you know, that that are made, but I, I think depending on that is not the path. Thank you so much, Chiafalo. It is going to be a fascinating offseason to see what exactly changes and how much better it can be. NFL News of the Day with Woolchuck's coming up. Zach, what do you have in mind for us? Travis Kelsey has a strong message for Chief. Chiefs fans head of the Super Bowl and did this former giant take it too far with the Brady retirement next on the fan selling a little or a lot 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast well thank you lucius it is the gbag nation here on 105.3 the fan night now it's time for some nfl news of the day here is your host Woolchuck. Thank you very much. So much to get to. So little time. We're getting you set for the Super Bowl. We're going to be flying out there on Monday. Super excited to take on Radio Row for you next week. And uh, hopefully we can see all of you at Fan Bowl on Saturday as well. But we had the New Heights show, which is the Travis and Jason Kelsey podcast. And you guys been paying attention to this Rocky statue curse that's going around. No, what happened with the Rockies? So statue? basically, if a team goes to Philadelphia and we've had opposing fans show up and they put a jersey like the Vikings did it back in 2017, I think it was when they played the Eagles in the NFC Championship game and then proceeded to just get clobbered. Uh, you saw the 49ers do it the week before the Giants did it and their teams end up losing. So now it's thought of as if you show up to Philadelphia and you go ahead and put your opposing team's gear, they let you do it. They let you do it uh, and just to take pictures and whatnot, and then you probably have to take it off. But it's now taken on a curse of its own. So the Kelsey brothers were talking about this, and Travis Kelsey has a message to the Chiefs fan leading up to this Super Bowl. I'm convinced that there is a Philadelphia fan who is putting these shirts on the so Rocky perfect, statue man. just to get everybody oh all fired gosh, up. Man. And it's working. It's working tremendously. So keep doing it. I guarantee it. There's no way. Because it's happened every single game. The Giants did it. That's sick. 49ers that did it. There'll probably be a Chiefs shit. jersey on it this week. No way. Uh, no way. I'm saying. Right now, Chiefs do not touch the Rocky <laughs> Memorial, okay? Do not do that, all right? Definitely don't put an 87 on there. All right? Do not do that. I just think it's so much fun how we have these two brothers that are now facing off in the Super Bowl. And we get this kind of content from them as their competitors, yeah. right? And it's just friendly. It's back and forth. But if I'm Travis Kelsey, I'm giving the same message to the Chiefs fans. You stay the bleep away from that Rocky statue. I don't want anything possibly ruining this Super Bowl. Yeah, we can't mess with that, man. Uh, the, the, the mojo that you have going on right now is absolutely outstanding. And you're right. This podcast is a gift, kind of yeah. like Draymond Green's last year during the NBA run. You know, it's like you get players speaking in a relaxed, comfortable environment instead of just asking stupid questions from reporters. And the paths they take themselves down are so much more interesting. 
Yeah, I think to me, if you listen to both of them, I think that Jason Kelsey's going to be really, really good in this media stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I think Travis is kind of a funny <laughs> kind of guy, but I think Jay, I mean, he's, you talk about some of those, those fun, thoughtful questions. I, I've heard him interview people like, you know, he's, I've seen him interview like his teammates and stuff like yeah. that. He, he asks really good, funny questions. He's though, a too. center, right? He's the yeah. brains of the operation on the O-line. Well, we've seen, I, I could say it, if he wants to continue to do this after he's playing, he's going to, he's going to do really, really great. There's no question. I love the idea of it being a rogue Philly fan that's just doing it to get everybody hyped just for up. Fun. I mean, then you can't stop it. The city, the somebody Chiefs, in the city is responsible. But I, yeah. I, I assumed it was like an overnight hit where, like, in the middle of the night, a Giants fan oh, is no, putting a Giants saying. jersey and then bailing, and then it's just there as no, uh, everybody the, gets woken up in the morning. No. Oh, my gosh, Balboa what has happened? The Giants yeah. jersey the mayor, or the Niners jersey. The mayor of Philly probably has somebody like, you know, okay, hey, somebody go. When we're picking up the trash over here, let's drop a jersey on while we're over there. Yeah, you know, kind of I think deal. if you're a Philly fan, you have to do it now, don't you? Just to keep it going. Yeah, yeah, probably. You probably have. Why to Why take going. that chance? Yeah, do it. Do it. Yeah. You don't want to not do it, and then you lose. Heck, Howie needs to walk over and do it. I do it in broad daylight if I was a GM. You there. should. You, you, I would. I'd take a Kelsey jersey Howie? and put it on. <laughs> what the hell, Howie? Mahomes, whoever. Whoever jersey you want to put on there, go for it. Well, good move. Speaking of centers, former Giants center Sean O'Hara, he's now doing stuff with the NFL Network. He is getting oh, torched this is good. today. So yesterday, Tom Brady retires. Mm-hmm. He's on set with the NFL Network, and this was his reaction to the Brady announcement. This is a, a huge moment, not just for Tom Brady, not just for the NFL, but like for all of us. You know, look, uh, people remember where they were when JFK was assassinated. You remember where you were with 9 11. Can I tell you something? Can I interrupt you real stuff. quick? He, his first start was a week after 9 11. That's how long like, ago he's been playing. I, was, I came out the same year as him, 2000, and he's still playing. 23 years. That's a long time. But I, I'm going to remember this. Like, I'm going to remember who I'm, I'm with. Uh, Kyle's going to remember he was in Vegas. Um, you, you're going to remember where you were when Tom Brady announced his official retirement. And it sounds like this one's for real. Okay, so people are, he starts off with the 9-11 and the JFK. You're going to remember where you are. And they're like. I thought when Schrager interrupted him, he was going to say. Uh, Hold on. Are you that, sure? That, you want to go that? Yeah. Let's reel it back let's, in. Let's settle down for a second. Yeah, but which one just, are you going to remember? He leaned in. Can't wait to right bust on Schrager. Like, why'd you let him go? Oh, pause. Uh, uh, but yeah, he, he really just, oh, he really he really leaned into it. And he's just, social media is letting him have it today. You had a quarterback retire, buddy. It's not like somebody died. It yeah, wasn't an attack on the not country. Just somebody, bro. Like those are that's a lot of people. Big that deal. Was, like you, he basically compared it to two giant tragic events in our in our U.S. history. Yeah, and that's like Brady retired. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I, I'll forget where I was. I think I was on my recliner, but you know, it was such a non-story. I think because it was the second one, it loses so much of the impact. Mm-hmm. And a few hours later, ESPN had actually changed their lead story on the dot-com from Tom to the WNBA player who switched from Seattle to New York. Wow. Within a couple of hours. It just it wasn't getting clicks is what that tells you. Yeah. Like, fans are like, yeah, whatever. Did you guys see Giselle's comment to Tom? What, she have a 12-word answer I heard? I saw I didn't see what she said. Wishing you only wonderful things in this new chapter of your life. You selfish bastard. With the prayer... Hashtag not my problems, no more. Make sure that payment gets here on Thursday. I'm gonna leave. Yeah, Uh, and he got a lot of a lot of well wishes from his teammates, but some people are just saying, "Man, the coldest (laughs) comment from Giselle there." 
uh, to Tom. He doesn't care. He's probably sitting there still staring at it, Brian. I think he does care. I, I don't think he does. I don't think he's moved on. No, he he has moved. He's on. apparently so. not going to be any part of the Fox Super Bowl coverage. Of course, yeah. he's not. He's he's mourning. He yeah. his wife. <laughs> taking the Romo approach. <laughs> Sure is, man. Romo, I saw, I heard y'all talking about Romo this week. That was pretty good. Oh, I thought he was going to say knitting is my favorite sport. He does seem like a guy that would knit. I thought he, I I thought that's what he was going for. He's making holy shirts and pants for his kids. (laughs) Feels so good when he jokes. Uh, Now the Niners have decided to officially move on from Jimmy G. They had a press conference yesterday, and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch both said, "No, Jimmy G is not going to be a part of this thing next year." I do want to sneak in this Derek Jeter audio if we can. Uh, Derek Jeter was on with the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. It was True Confessions. They were playing the True Confessions game. And this is a story that's been kind of rumored for a while now, that back in 2004 against the Oakland Athletics, that Derek Jeter might have worn a thong on game day to get out of a slump that he was in. And uh, certainly not a slump off the diamond. It was on the diamond. It was a hitting slump because we know about the success that he's had with the ladies. But here's Jeter uh, talking about this. I once wore a thong in public in front of thousands of people. You're Derek Jeter. Yeah. We would have known. But I'm sure you have like a really well sculpted bottom. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Were you talking to me or you were looking at Derek? I was looking at you. Thank you. Wait, wait, what do you mean? Thousands, where where were there thousands of people? Okay. In New York. Yeah, in New York. Yes. Were Were you wearing it? Were you wearing the thong where one would wear a thong? Where else would you wear a thong? I don't know, but I thought, yeah, that, yeah. I thought maybe like it was a weird I, trick yeah, question. I, I, I wore it where one would wear a thong, yes. So, do you wear underwear? Ooh. I do. In general? I do. Okay. Freak. So you've never gone Obviously. like... You have your own line of uh, underwear, don't you? Athletic wear. Athletic, yeah. yeah but these weren't your... These were, Was it your thong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. It was, it was, it was not. No, it's wow. It was not my thong. It was not your thong, and you what, did you have anything else on? I don't believe on? him. I don't believe him. Do you have anything? Did you have anything else on? I did. So now we pick, right? We choose. Yeah, we decide. I say. I say no. I say lie. I say lie. It is the truth. <laughs> Wait, who- Hold on, hold on, hold on. Can, can, wait, 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 wait. What in the world? Let I, me see. I'm going to ultimately let me see. playing this game, but <laughs> yeah. let, let me let me explain. Zephyr, please. Let me explain shortly. I, I had a new teammate that I played with in 2002. And he always had a gold thong hanging from his locker, and he told me, anytime you struggle, you wear the gold thong, you're guaranteed to get a hit. Now I thought the guy was crazy. So in 2004, I went through the worst offensive stretch of my career. Okay. And. Every day I'd walk in, he'd point at the thong. <laughs> so finally, I, I wore the thong. Now, it wasn't thong the skin. I had shorts on underneath, so I put the thong over the shorts. No. Oh. First pitch, home run. No. Oh, my God! I didn't block it. <laughs> First pitch, home run. <laughs> that's not bad. Power of wear, the thong. He had to wear a cup. Power of the thong. That's, that's, why, that's why he probably had to wear the shorts. Right. Yeah. And uh, this is why I rep the game day thong. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like Broadus has some experience with it as well. That was a very technical explanation, Brian. What, the cup? Yeah. Well, yeah the cup a, and the thong in there. He's yeah, an infielder, he right? Yeah. He's an infielder, right? Mm-hmm. You don't worry about those ground balls. That is a fantastic little bit, though. I wonder, Who was the player? Was it like Nick Swisher? 
see it being Nick Swisher. <laughs> Giambi's <laughs> talked about it quite a bit. Giambi, yes, I remember that. Guy. Yeah, I think it might have been Giambi. Nothing like slump busting, like busting out the thong. Who, who was like, the okay, lady that was interviewed? That was Rita Ora. Okay. Who was also on the show with him. Now it is time. G-Bag Nation, thank you so much, Wolchuk, for that NFL news of the day and some Jeter news as well. It is time now to catch up with Coach Bob Stoops. He's busy in the XFL. We'll talk all things football with him next here in the G-Bag Nation. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.